1: And welcome back to the Cup of Three podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Barton Simmons. I'm Chip Patterson. I am here in rainy San Jose. And we just had the college football playoff national championship game media day uh, back at my hotel room. Barton Simmons just got done with his own work doing a little, little reporting for uh, the All-America Bowl. How, you're in San Antonio. How did the game go? How was your performance? You know, we're, all, we're always trying to get better. Just like the players, we're trying to get better every single day. So do you feel like you got better today uh, with your reporting duties?
0: Man, I got through it, you know. That's <laughs> all that matters. <laughs> I mean, that I, I was fine. I think it was fine. Uh, but this is one of those deals where, you know, you just – you're always just kind of looking to the light at the end of the tunnel this week. It's a long, busy week, uh, but a lot of fun. It's – it's the sun came out for us in San Antonio. It's like 70 degrees today. That's always nice. The college coaches convention is in San Antonio. The coaches are going to start uh, converging on town today. Uh, I'm going to stick around a couple days for that and 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 have a couple beers with coaches. But the game was the game was great, man. Uh, we had Wisconsin quarterback signee Graham Mertz set a game record. Shut up for touchdown passes with five and passing yardage for like like 188 I think um, which doesn't sound like a lot but it's a it's sort of a condensed game and you you're splitting reps by three guys and you know you don't see that much very often so uh, hey Wisconsin could be getting a quarterback to go with their run game um, so a really really good day for Graham Mertz um, one of his favorite targets was Dominic Blaylock uh, who had a, a big time game as well? A wide receiver committed to Georgia or signed with Georgia. Nolan Smith, also a Georgia signee, number one player in the country right now, dominated as an edge rusher. Basically, anytime he was on the field, they couldn't get much done on offense. Uh, was the West, and uh, and then uh, also Jaden Hazelwood, who's out of Georgia, was really impressive. Had had probably the highlight of the game with like a 72 yard touchdown pass. We just Mossed some dude uh and took it to the house. He committed during the broadcast to Oklahoma. Ooh. So how about Oklahoma getting another really good wide receiver? Uh it's just gonna be a sick skill group for Oklahoma. Um USC also on the broadcast got two commits, five star wide receivers, Brew McCoy and Kyle Ford. Okay. Um Alabama got two commits. Five-star, or no, I'm sorry, four-star cornerback Marcus Banks and four-star defensive end Chris Bogle. And the Bogle deal, a little peek behind the curtains, Chris Bogle literally didn't know who he was going to pick the day before. He changed his pick even this morning. What? Told the NBC broadcast, I'm picking Tennessee uh, and – Ultimately, like an hour later, was like no, I'm going Bama. Miami was where a lot of people thought Miami was where all the 24/7 sports experts and, and national experts really thought he was going heading into the week, and that's where he thought he was going. You know, where there's really good chance he was going. Um, so that's a kid that is completely conflicted, <laughs> and, and probably has. Has some still some some stress and pressure left to, to weather? Uh, yeah, this is, based
1: that, based on everything you just told me, there's no way I if if I'm any one of those teams, I think it's done until that Wednesday in February when the letter comes in.
0: No, no, yeah, no. That that's this the, is the be door is to
1: yeah, the door is wide open at this point. You see that kind of indecision, and I think as a recruiter, you're just you're looking at the the rest of the table and you're like, all right, boys, it's back on. Pull out those phones.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's. Uh, yeah, that's one. It's. That's, uh, I don't think that uh, that old Alabama hat pull is going to deter Jeremy Pruitt and Manny Diaz from uh, <laughs> no, t- sir. continuing to, no, to, sir. to make a few phone calls.
1: Um, nice. I I gotta say for the for like the the game there when y'all are when y'all finally get to that are the kids even a little bit worn down. I'm I'm just I'm remembering back to some of the takes during our preseason pods or the stories um, that you would share with, you know, the, about elite 11, just that sometimes even getting through the week and getting to the game, there's a certain stamina that you're looking for in some guys. Is that, was that one of those weeks or was this one of those events where sometimes there's just whoever's got uh, that special it factor that might end up making a difference. That's something that surfaces by being able to have enough endurance to get through it all.
0: Well, I don't know about the endurance part of it, but there is a, I I think this is a great, I mean, look. A mental, maybe
1: endurance, but like a mental, it's a mental challenge, right?
0: Well, there's a, there's a, you could, I just think you can learn about some intangibles of guys. I mean, there's a, you know, relevant to a conversation we're going to have today, national championship game to a, what came, I mean, this is a, this is a dome stadium, big crowd. I mean, not these guys haven't seen a big crowd before, but the bright lights, I mean, NBC, this is the biggest audience they've ever played in front of without without question no exceptions um they're on nbc uh you know two million viewers whatever it is and they uh you know some guys shrink in that bright light um which is i think why you got to be whatever the skill set is of uh, and again tua was a guy that did not shrink in that moment and jake Fromm didn't either and trevor lawrence didn't either. And so those guys, you, you look at him, you're like, all right, that's, they, they got something to them. You know, Graham Mertz had a little bit of that today for Wisconsin. Um, so he was, he was great. And, and, uh, you know, you also look at the week of practice too. Texas a and getting a kid Demarvin Leal, who is unreal as a defensive lineman. Um, and that that's going to be a, an impact guy for the Aggies very quickly as they try to, Uh, tool up to to contend in the sec west
1: a a former um a former top high school prospect a a big part of one of the storylines of the week in college football barton we've not gotten to reconnect or we haven't even talked offline but justin fields to ohio state um i guess not are we saying not a surprise that he would choose to to go somewhere else so this is where we just get to move forward uh, with the Buckeyes, Ryan Day have a quarterback that can win a national championship, because you did say Justin Fields can win a national championship at college football, and he just showed up at a school that is would very much like to get a uh, a year two national championship with Ryan Day, or a year one national championship uh, than they did with like they did with Urban Meyer.
0: I gotta be honest, I I, I am as a fan of as one of those deals as a fan of college football. When Justin Fields decided he was transferring, all right. So we've got that. This, you know, I'm not saying I'm glad he's leaving Georgia. I, I, I no, but, less, but, but but sometimes but it's just good
1: to get the pieces in position, and we get to no, but, yes.
0: Yeah, now that he's he has you know made the decision. Hey, I'm leaving. I was glad to see him pick Ohio State. I agree because he goes to a like like we have. Yeah, the, the chess pieces on the board now to where a lot's in play. Right. Uh, Ohio State's in play. And <laughs> yeah, then, dog. I mean, Ryan Day, I mean, and that that's the that's the point here. I mean, he went to Ohio State because Ryan Day, he thinks he can develop them. They thinks he's going to play to his skill set. Uh, and Ohio State has the pieces around them. They've recruited well enough. And so it, it's I, – I, I tweeted it, game on. You know, I mean, it's like, all right we got it. We got another contender. And, yeah. and that's that. Look, I may be wrong. I mean, no one's ever really seen a whole lot of Justin Fields, but that's what I believe. I believe Justin Fields is uh, is is that good. And so and I had a little bit of a Twitter spat with some Clemson people who who were busting my chops for because at one point I, we had Justin Fields ranked higher than Trevor Lawrence. I made the case that there's a very real debate to be had on who's the better quarterback and and all and a lot of the Clemson folks were saying, like, well, you know, what a dumb take that was. Uh, how you feeling now, Barton, or whatever, like, you know, like the Twitter trolls like to do. And, I, you know, they may be right. I mean, Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence may be five times the quarterback Justin Fields is. But to act, we don't know that right now. Like, no one knows that. And I, I actually made the case on Twitter. I said, look, if Trevor Lawrence was at Georgia this season – I would make the case that he would not be a starting quarterback right now, right? And that's I just don't think you're being now Jake Fromm. Right. Any, I don't think anyone should be right. now Jake Fromm. And so, uh, and and that, and I still, and I think Trevor Lawrence is a better quarterback than Jake Fromm, probably at least in the long term and at least as a prospect. But I don't care if Tom Brady rolls in there as a true freshman. Jake Fromm's got to do something to like crack the door open, and it's hard for me to envision Jake Fromm doing that. So. Um, so this is, I think this is great for college football and I think it's going to be fun to watch Justin Fields in that offense.
1: Um, I hate to, I, I do not intend to draw this, uh, in terms of what the expectations are going to be. Um, am I, Justin Fields will sit out next year, right?
0: No. Well, no, I think there's, well, we don't know, but there is a scenario where he, where he could appeal and, and be immediately eligible. What is the,
1: me? what is his... Uh, appeal gra- based on the
0: ground, the grounds for the appeal would be the, uh, racist.
1: Oh comments, my goodness. Uh,
0: you know, being By the baseball being player, the baseball player from Georgia who was, you know, calling him racist. Uh, you know, I don't know how you even, you know, I'm not, was, was, was using racial slurs. Uh, and, and it was publicized and the, I mean, action
1: w- was taken. The baseball player was kicked off the team.
0: Right, like it was, it was, and it, it was yeah, acknowledged. There, there's, there's documented evidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah, it yeah. happened. It was, and, and the kid apologized for it. It was, it, it was directed at Fields.
1: Athletic so, director made a statement about it. Absolutely. Right. Like,
0: yeah, and so then you know, you, you look at the NCAA, and you're like, all right, they're they're, they're putting a pretty tough spot. If you're looking, I mean, the, how do you not grant him a, a release? Um, that's a pretty tricky spot to be in if you're going to say no to that. Right. Uh, and so that's, that's, I think the, the, the next step in this is we just figure out whether, you know, whether or not he's eligible. Mm.
1: That's a, that's, a, that makes me uncomfortable. There's, there's a lot, there's a lot to unpack there, but in, in, I was about to compare him to Kyler Murray and not that the style of offense is the same, but just the idea that, uh, the first, you know, you come in with all this hype and then you just you don't end up being the guy like you planned. But boy, there's a great chance that the next school is going to be a fit. And with some time to develop, there's a chance that you could go win a Heisman Trophy. I think yeah, Justin I, Fields could win a Heisman Trophy at Ohio State.
0: I. I. um I kind of anticipate that he will. <laughs> Shut <laughs> like, up. Shut up. Like, where's the where, where where's the Vegas you know line on that one? You know, give me, give me my odds. Let, let me, let me, let me put a ticket in. I mean, I just, I'm a believer in his ability. I yeah. really am.
1: Yeah. I mean, and, I'm not going to doubt you. You've been on it Art, like from the jump, as long as we have talked about Justin Fields, you've he's been not ble-
0: as sure of a thing as Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he does, he's, he's not thrown as many passes in high school. He was a one man team. He didn't play on a good team. He was, he scrambled a lot. So there's development that needs to pe- take place. he, were he the starting quarterback at Clemson this year I'm I'm not necessarily going to argue he would be having a better season than Trevor Lawrence or even be having be having as good of a season as Trevor Lawrence but he if he develops and if he gets if he gets you know coached up in the in the right way he's got a ceiling that's like Cam Newtonish um and so it's going to be I think fun to watch what he does at a place like Ohio State, which is going to have so many weapons for him to, to use, and, and what appears to be a staff that's um, you know certainly has a great reputation. Ryan Days quickly i I've never seen a guy that's like earned a reputation like his in such quick order.
1: He lost Alex Grinch to Oklahoma. Uh, Alex Grinch is about the perfect fit for the big 12, I would think for the Sooners specifically, to defend in the Big 12. Based on what we saw over his three years of work at Washington State, where that group got better every single year, I have not seen anybody um, putting their thumb down at the Alex Grinch hire.
0: No, I think we, I think we even – I mean, I know Rod wrote about it. When, when, when uh, Mike Stoops was fired, You know, their hire should be Alex Grinch. And, uh, and here it is. They made the hire – and now, what you know? What's the next? You know, this it wasn't about just like calling plays, though. You know, at, at Oklahoma, there's they've got good players, and they're so far away. I guess what I'm uh, what I am getting at here is that there is I would think probably some more turnover in that defensive staff. Um, who do they hire? How does that staff shake out? I, I think Alex Grinch is the type of guy that can give Oklahoma a fighting chance, uh, and he's proven it, and he's and he's also you know, complimented an air raid at Washington State and given Mike Leach his best defenses he's ever had in his career. So that's that's the best case scenario for Oklahoma. With Alex Grinch in tow now, what's your what's all right uh, Oklahoma national championship? Will they win a national championship in the next four years?
1: Hmm I I gotta think that their window has to be one of these Spencer Rattler years, right?
0: Who was at this game this week and was really good. Uh, but yeah, I think so.
1: So, you know, I mean, shoot, it could be, could be next year. So yeah, I will say that, uh, of the next four national championships, one of them will be won by Oklahoma.
0: Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. And I mean, I think Alex Grinch is a big piece of that puzzle. Right. Um, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm willing to say that, if if Alex, you know, if they're still, I don't know, not to pick on Ruffin McNeil, but if Ruffin Ruff McNeil is their, their de coordinator next year, I don't think I'm willing to say that. Um, so is
1: is that and that's and that is based on Alex Grinch as a plus value-added addition to the program, right? Development, like just every everything that he's going to bring, there is there's not any. I have not had any reason to believe that Alex Grinch is not a plus value, if not a major plus value added ad- addition to the
0: program. I, I, I mean, I, there's yes, there's no reason to think this is not a good hire.
1: Um, Neil Brown to West Virginia. I, I liked it for only the reason that when we were discussing the West Virginia job, he was the, the one of the ones that would we came back to where the hire of Neil Brown to me says we realize that dana holgerson has spent all this time developing a a certain style neil brown is a coach that will be able to come in take the same personnel and offensively at least figure out a way to maintain you know dana holgerson like maintain for west virginia is not uh you know it's not big 12 championships maintaining for west virginia is about seven eight wins and I think you get a coach like Neil Brown with the team that's already in place and the, some of the systems that that group knows, then yeah, I, I have no reason to believe that Neil Brown can't go win six, seven games except for the fact that the rest of the big 12 is getting good too.
0: Right. I, I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about the big 12 right now is, is as, as good of a hire as that is. And I, I think it is a really good hire. Um, I don't think it's easy to win in the big 12 right now. I mean, the Chris Kleiman hire was a really good hire at Kansas state, you know, Matt rule, He's got them improving at Baylor. Um, we know what Tom Herman's doing at Texas. We talked about Oklahoma. Uh, Mike gundys I mean, he's going to mess around and win 10 games next year with, with no one talking about him probably. You know, that's just the sort of what he does. So uh, it, the idea that Neil Brown, as good of a hire as that may be, is going to come in and start dominating the, 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 the conference, you know, who knows. But I think at the very least, look, if you're West Virginia, you're, there, you could make a case you've traded up. Even, I think, um, that's yeah. You
1: know, I don't know. It's I go, all term. right, so
0: when Neil Brown, you're, you're, when Neil you're, Brown you're was at Kentucky, there led me to believe you <laughs> may, have, may, may have a disagreement. Well, yeah. I
1: was I was gonna say I was I was trying to I did before I, I triple I tripped into it. Uh, I wanted to make sure because you know everybody, especially the the big time X's and O's types. You know, shout out to Chris Brown, Smart Football, and Michael Felder, and everybody else who is who's. Helped me along the way um I I believe that we're both dealing with air raid ish or air raid family offenses right because I've got Neil Brown at Kentucky in well
0: he's air he's air raidish but Neil Brown which is sort of what you got to do he has he has he has air raid with a real physical element to him I mean he in fact I don't even know if his offense is necessarily air raid. He just has an air raid background, but I mean, right. look at how they beat LSU, um, last year. I mean, they did it by, by, by beating them up.
1: Oh, that was, uh, that was situational. I was, I was going to his background where if he's coming in and he inherits an air raid team, that is not unfamiliar territory at all. Right. And so the, yeah, co- yeah. the question would be, did they just get, uh, the remastered edition of Dana Holgerson year one? Well like you said you said did they upgrade? And I paused and my pause was I don't know if they upgraded as much as maybe they retrograded or they like reversed course or they got in their back to the future time machine and just got uh another less experienced Dana, like sure. Well we gave Dana, you know, these seven years or so and here now you get seven years or so.
0: Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, I I just I think um I mean the the grass is always greener. You know, there's always an, an, a, I think, an optimism in these hires. So I'm, I'm drinking the Kool Aid right now. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not ready to go and throw him in like I, I, I still believe in the Matt rules of the world of the Big Twelve elsewhere. And so I'm not, I'm not ready to like put him at the top of the of the conference from a coaching perspective. I just think it's a good hire. He's a good coach. West Virginia's a good, in a good position with him.
1: And Neil Neil Brown at some point got the stamp. The stamp of approval from the Yeah, he the, did,
0: didn't he? Like yeah. he got the every like it's it's like the cool guy for everybody to to think is a really good coach. Yeah. He and did. so I, yeah, like and, and so who knows? You know, he's a Troy. i uh our boy Coca texted me and I gotta text him back. He was like, you know, who's what's because uh, Coca is one of our producers who's a big West Virginia guy. You know, he's like, How come, how can Neil Brown recruit? I was like, you know, I I don't know. <laughs> he's been <laughs> recruiting to Troy yeah. you know you know who the players are
1: that he's gotten the ones that aren't in Alabama
0: right he's you yeah, know he's I, they've g- been good at uh, Troy's been good so I guess he's recruits or develops or evaluates <laughs> yeah. I, I mean I, I don't yeah like, legitimately like he's gotten good players that I'm familiar with that have, that that have been like all right man wow like but going in as freshman, like that kid's gonna be a good player for Troy right. so yes he wins some battles but it's just like we talked about it and a lot of other coaches, whether it be, you know, when Mike Elko goes from Bowling Green, Wake Forest to Notre Dame and everyone's like, can he recruit? It's like, I don't know. I mean, he's never had a Notre Dame on his shirt. Um, <laughs> right. But, y'all are, but,
1: y'all are acting <laughs> way more like the body inside the pullover matters as much as the pullover does.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. But if, a, you know, but if a, a guy works at it, then they're going to be good at it. And, and I, I suspect Neil Brown works at it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, very good summation, and, and
0: I and I suspect that that trickles down or trickles up even to to all of the program. That that seems to be the impression, uh, or the picture that we that has been painted for us by those that have a close familiarity with the Neil Brown and his program. I am I am not one of the reporters like our boy Andy Staples, and I feel like right, others, right, right. And that's have, and who that's has the thing. Neil Brown and like spend a lot of time with him.
1: The the stamp of approval comes from well written stories by our friends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm cool with that. Like, shocker, we cannot be at all 130 programs at once. we got to rely <laughs> on some sources close to the program. Um, so, yeah. Uh, all right. We will get to breaking down and previewing Alabama Clemson right after this. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, Barton. Are yeah. you have you felt like cuz you ripped your attention away like you were in the thick of it? We were at the Orange Bowl, recording 305, 350, whenever it was, and then you had to go it, back into recruiting high school world. Like are you even ready for the game on Monday?
0: I will be by Monday. I I'm, I'm ready for a nap right now. Yeah. I'm ready for a couple cold brews tonight. Um and but I am I feel a little bit like I've gotten uh a sabbatical or like a a a um, bit isolated a little bit from the build up to this game. I don't know if – I feel like the only build up I've seen is just people bitching and moaning about it. You know, being in San Jose or Santa Ana and not how the ticket sales, like the ticket prices are low. Like, which are things I don't really care about. They like, good. It's good, gonna be an good awesome for game. You. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I my my thing is it's going to be an awesome game. And it's the best of teams in the country and it's the best of teams in the country we thought were the best of teams in the country at the beginning of the season. And uh, I've seen this this movie before and they they were pretty good movies. Yeah.
1: I'm I got I started to finally uh, at media day I started to finally get really excited for the football. You know? Like cuz cause, cause a lot of those conversations that you're having and and I I was splitting it up with Dennis with the HQ duties but then also getting to float I felt like we I got to float a little bit more and just sort of have some conversations and uh, thinking about the the preparation that both these teams are putting in the amount of respect that all these players have for each other like there is a a real I spent a lot of time with Brent Venables today and that got me really fired up it is really fun to hear Brent (laughs) Venables break down uh, Alabama's football team.
0: If you want to get fired up about the, uh, the football side of a football game, Brent Venables is a good football coach to talk to. I would <laughs> <Yes. honestly.
1: laughs> it was, yeah. it was awesome, man. I was, I was rock hard. I was ready for it. I was like, let's go. Um, he was, he, he came out he said, well, I mean, they they're the best in the country at every single position. There's not a single yeah. place where we line up and have an advantage. They've got the best wide receivers in the country. There ain't nobody else in the country that can go three deep at running back like that. And they got one of the best quarterbacks in the country. I mean, what do we do here?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: He was like, he said, uh, he said, there's only about five or six guys on our team that had an Alabama offer. And how many guys, you know, on their team have we offered? I mean, it's just different. They're the best in the country.
0: I guess I wonder how true, like, Clemson's still trying to play the aw shucks where the underdogs roll. Oh, they're going cl- to They're going to cling onto that as much as they can. Yes. But Clemson's got the number five roster in the country according to the twenty four seven Sports composite team talent rankings, um, which means they have dudes that everybody wanted and probably a few Alabama wanted too if I would look back and, and do the math. But well yeah uh, and
1: like and then in the in the same 30 minute window, I'm over there talking to Albert Huggins, who played really, really well in with Dexter Lawrence sidelined. He moved into the starting lineup, played great against Notre Dame, needs to play great again here. And yeah, Albert Huggins said he picked Clemson over Georgia. So it's not like these are scrubs.
0: No, no. Yeah. But I mean point taken on that from uh from Brent Venables you know it's um, I mean that's sort of I, you know I, don't, I guess we'll get to our picks I don't want to jump the gun but like that's that's a little foreshadowing of, of how I see this game is one team is elite everywhere one team is elite everywhere except for like two places where they're just good instead of elite and in a game of inches and 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 with the thin margins that are gonna take place in this game, you know, I'm just I'm my lean is towards the team that is has has zero deficiencies, even if they're very minor deficiencies.
1: (laughs) I feel like okay, so what how how do you want to attack this then? Do you I mean we could just go ahead and get our differing opinions out early. Because you've yeah, there's yeah, no since, you've, I,
0: since I went there. Yeah, <laughs> you've,
1: you've got Alabama uh, winning, and I've got Clemson winning.
0: Yeah, let's let's have a freaking bare knuckle throwdown.
1: Um, yeah, where, what so, do you
0: think, man? Well, I I've, I've defend got... yourself. Defend uh, yourself, Alabama. You know they, <laughs> they're they're the Vegas favorite by six. They're um, the number one team in the country all year long. Oh, so, admittedly, I preseason picked clemson to win it all uh so i'm 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 not gonna act like i'm that disgusted by this pick uh talk to me i think the game i
1: think because it is yeah i think in these elite in these meetings of elite teams things get weird there's bound to be some stuff that goes a little sideways some stuff that goes a little wrong it comes with the stage it comes with the fact that it's college football and i just have more faith that when things go sideways and like you mentioned, a game of margins starts to really come down to the details I'm riding Clemson's experience here, and you know and Williams talks about you know not even playing in the last Alabama Clemson national championship game some a lot of the you know Dylan Moses wasn't in the last Alabama Clemson national championship game there's there are dozens like more than fifty players that were in the last uh National. They were on the roster. They did not all play in, but they were on the roster for the last national championship game against Alabama. I just, I'm, I'm basically siding with experience here, and also just acknowledging that sometimes in these national championship games, the, the, the team that's the dynasty doesn't win. I mean, there were a lot of Bobby Bowden Florida State teams that didn't win. Sometimes you just, it just doesn't go your way in the title game, and uh, I think that that's probably. At the core of backing up my prediction here.
0: Yeah, I I, I want to be very clear. I think Clemson could win this game, um, and I don't. You know, I, I that's a very defensible pick, and I get it. Um, and yet, like when I just, I think the only to me what you just said is your gut says Clemson, right? And that's fine. Like, right. but you just but you basically just said your gut says Clemson. I, I think if you look at this game from a just totally like raw, objective, you know, way, I think it's hard without sort of a gut factoring in to pick Clemson because there's, like I said, there's, you have, I mean, Brent you know, Brent Venable's articulated that, the offensive side of the ball for Alabama. Well, if
1: everything's but, cold and plays out as it should, Alabama wins this game. Because right. there's there's not a single reason as great as Clemson has been there's not a single reason that Alabama should ever not score a touchdown when they have the ball on offense there's no so, the, There's no reason why Alabama shouldn't score every time they touch it
0: so I'm out here in um at the the all american bowl and and on the 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 color guy for the broadcast one of the color guys for the broadcast is ross Tucker, who we've talked to uh on this pie before, and you know we're we're we talk about like we don't watch the offensive linemen and study them as closely as, as some of the offensive line gurus do. Ross Tucker played offensive line in the NFL for eight years, whatever it was. Um, and pays a little closer attention to that stuff.
1: Isn't he on the Joe Moore award, uh, committee?
0: I don't think he's on the committee, but he's, but he's in that, you know, he's probably, uh, has a text thread going with Cole Kublick and Jeff Schwartz and all the, all the offensive line nerds or something like that. Um, but, you know, he, he mentioned about Clemson's offensive line, and just was like, "Yeah, you know, ah, sometimes when I watch them, that's just it that doesn't, it doesn't really look like I'm, they're not as good as I want them to look, and they they just they kind of disappoint me, or they, you know, I feel like Mitch Hyatt sort of plateaued, or whatever." And <laughs> we and talk. You, you hear didn't, you didn't, hear a lot of that <laughs> sort of narrative from the offensive line gurus in college football, um, and I think. As I look at again the two area, and Clemson has a good offensive line, but it's not. But when you, it's not the Notre Dame's or the Wisconsin's or the Oklahomas or Alabama for that matter, um, and and so or maybe not Notre Dame, but but a good offensive line against a great Alabama defensive front. And the other area that's is is they're deficient is. The safety position, whether it's Kevon Wallace or Tanner, Tanner Mews, like those guys just aren't as good in pass coverage, as and, and they can be exposed if you have an offensive line that can block and and handle that defensive front for Clemson. Um, well, you know Alabama's got an offensive line that can at least give their quarterback some time, I think. And so that that's just I'm just look, you know, I just I. There's a there's a little gut instinct that is going to be, a you know, Clemson's going to have a chance to win this game too. But I just go with all that in addition to Tua being one of the best that I've seen up close in terms of playing big in the moment. And he looked as healthy as could be last week when, when you and I were uh, down there in Miami at the Orange Bowl.
1: I feel like there is a um, – there's – a There's a "what if Tua doesn't play well" kind of moment, kind of thought
0: for me. Why do you think he wouldn't play well, though? He's he's, every time he's been healthy, he's played well.
1: Mm, I don't know. That's just uh, that's just a gut gut. Like, what if what if Alabama's offense does come out and sputter a little bit? What if? Yeah. I feel like I was basing some of uh, some of the gut play is documented by details, and those details would be a lot of false starts uh, and that allowed Oklahoma to get back in the game. I think the details are also the the three and outs after they built up the lead the lead against Clemson the last time they played them if i as as I see it playing out, they come out and they look pretty much flawless on their first couple drives they expose a bunch of problems for clemson clemson has to freak out they have to play soft but they hang in there clemson gets a touchdown it's like 21 7 at half maybe and then things sputter a little bit i mean alabama will get complacent they're like they they do get complacent with a lead sometimes
0: well and and this is not this is as good as a defense as this is it's approved to the year this isn't this isn't the old school um, Alabama defense of like whatever 2014 or whenever they've just been you know there you can score on this team, so if it gets into an up and down shootout, I mean, all bets are off. By the way, the first move on that Oklahoma defensive staff as we were talking on this pod, linebacker's coach Tim Kish retiring, so there will be new bodies in the fold, but that's beside the point.
1: Oh. So it was a uh, hey. So do you want to retire or it might have
0: been <laughs> <laughs> right? Might have been.
1: Uh. Okay. All right. So our predictions are out of the way. What are you excited about? Like, what are what are, what are you looking into from either a matchup standpoint or a storyline standpoint or that you're curious about? I can take us a lot of different ways. I'm more than happy to let you drive here in terms of uh, what's what what you're sort of hankering for.
0: Well, I mean, I think. You know, I, I, I'm always reluctant to just point towards the quarterback because everyone talks about the quarterback. And but it's kind of fun to have. We had Jalen Hurts as a true freshman starting quarterback in the national championship game. Then we had Jake Fromm as the starting quarterback in the national championship game as a true freshman. Then we had Tua come in as a true freshman the second half and save the day. Now we got another true freshman starting a quarterback in a national championship game. It's just fun to see how these freshmen in high in college and how young that is and how prepared they are and I'm just excited to see what Trevor Lawrence does in the moment um, and and on that stage. And it's uh you know, it's it's uh, I'm I'm fascinated. I mean if he if he wrote, like Trevor Lawrence is quickly reaching very like uh, I, I mean, iconic status, but like the, the Trevor Lawrence fan club, the, the, the ride or die Trevor Lawrence folks are coming hard out there. And I mean, he's about to be able to he's about to get a statue uh, on that campus like quick if, <laughs> if he goes <laughs> ahead and finishes this thing out.
1: It's they they are in kind of dangerous territory, but that's another conversation for another time because um, it ain't coming when Trevor Lawrence is there. 'Cause these this is like this is about to be ooh, here's a here's a good argument. I would not be surprised if this Clemson run peaks here in the next three years, either this year, next year, or the year after. The Trevor Lawrence era. I think this is probably as good as it's gonna get.
0: Well don't look now, but Clemson might be a leader for a kid named DJ Wangalele, who is out of Southern California and was the Gatorade player of the year in California as an underclassman and is an unbelievable talent. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and a quarterback. Um, okay. And so, okay. Oh, oh, okay, cool. All so, right. <laughs> so it's maybe not peaking. Yeah. So, so just, you know, just, he hadn't committed, but I'm just saying like this, this recruiting machine that, that Clemson has built is not some like, the the you know this this national title run is not a product of like some crazy perfect storm class like old miss had in twenty thirteen or whatever. Uh they, they 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 seem to be not going anywhere on the talent front.
1: Okay. All right. Um <laughs> I, I I think that the thing that is gonna be really, really fun to watch is probably gonna be the the matchups just like as the game unfolds because they know each other so well. That's and again, I'm coming off a lot of time with Brent Venables, but I do think there's going to be uh, a little bit of back and forth and some gamesmanship. I mean, I was listening to Tosh Lupoy for a long time too. Like he's, like he is uh, very dialed in. They're both very dialed into what each other do well. And there was a big difference in preparing for last year's Clemson team than preparing for this year's Clemson team. Dylan Moses explained that last year the game plan was simple, make Kelly Bryant throw it cuz they didn't think Kelly Bryant was going to be able to beat him down the field with his arm and they were exactly right because that's exactly what happened. He said this year they can't do it. There's there's too much of a threat especially now that Justin Ross and T Higgins have become this two-man tandem just uh, at the at the nine spot. Like this this Clemson offense is you know, it, it has the only the statistics that back up a more, like, ground-heavy, Travis Etienne-heavy attack. But in terms of preparing to defend it, especially coming off the way things looked against Notre Dame, it's just uh, – I think it's a far more even matchup and a far, far more fair test when uh, Clemson's offense is on the field.
0: Yeah, and, and when Clemson's offense is on the field, one thing that I'm interested in – I mean, like – I mean, Trevor Lawrence ran the ball a little bit against Notre Dame. Like, they they weren't scared to let him get out and go and and keep the ball um, and and go downfield in the run game. Like, I, one thing I'll be curious of that that's a big long target. Uh, those Alabama dudes they get the they get the mouth watering. I mean, wasn't it wasn't it Deshaun Watson that had like the the helicopter hit from uh, Reuben Foster a couple years ago? Yep. Um, just like those dudes are out for blood. If they get a quarterback outside the pocket, if they get a quarterback running and Trevor's a long drink of water, he's a, he's, he's got a little bit of baby deer to him when he's running out there. And you know, if they get a clean shot on him and he has to sit,
1: Oh no, that's a
0: game changer, you know, oh, no, so it's game over. Let's hope for the sake of a good game that doesn't happen. Uh, and well, for sake of Trevor, of course also. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, that's, I think that's something something to watch. Um, you know, and then on, on, on the other side, there, there's a great... oh, Alabama line Clemson D-line is a fantastic matchup. That's sort of, we get that. But, man, Isaiah Simmons really like, really emerged um, in the national consciousness, I feel like, last week. You know, I got random friends texting me like, yo, that Simmons dude's a, the truth. And I'm like, yeah, man, he's, he's kind of freaky. They got some more guys than just the D-line. Um, and then AJ Terrell and, T- and Trayvon Mullen, uh, those big long corners are going to be fun to match up with those Alabama receivers. So there's some great inside the game matchups. Um, but, and, and so there's, there's every reason to think that this thing is, could go either way.
1: Um, Nick Saban already the greatest coach of all time, or do you think that winning the seventh and passing bear Bryant means he is, it it is, it is no longer an argument. He will. He will he, be uh, consensus recognized.
0: I'm there. I'm there. He's already there. I'm. I'm. I'm uh, I've locked in my answer on that one.
1: Win or lose, he's the go.
0: Lose. Yeah. Yeah. Are you with it?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I the I always come back to um, the impact that Nick Saban has had. the The way his coaching tree sp- like spreads in all directions. The fact that so many roads lead to Nick Saban, and he's continued to be able to do it uh, well into you know much older age, and to maintain good health and, and sort of everything about the full essence, I think is a lot more than uh, the wins and the championships that Bear Bryant ran up over a long period of time.
0: Yeah, and, and I mean he's doing it in an era where it's like they're supposed to be parody. They're, you know, they're trying to make rules and signing class limitations and um, you know capping capping signing limits. And oh yeah, because
1: didn't Bear Bryant have like 190 people, 190 yeah, players did, on his yeah, rosters? Yeah,
0: he just he just recruit guys to like put them on the bench so that they didn't have to play against them. Um, and and not to mention it was just you know I mean there's the 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 it's big business um, and there's a lot of people trying chopped down at Nick Saban and the, the consistency of excellence that he's had. is just, I don't, it's, am, it's amazing. He, he's one of the most amazing leaders, not in just sports, but I think, I think in, in, in America, like, like in, in, in industry period. Um, and so it's been, it's just pretty phenomenal watching it.
1: Yeah. Uh, I need to go back. I'm, I still have a lot of transcribing left to do, but Debo Sweeney was talking about, he made a staff hire from Alabama what would it have been? Thad? Am I remembering that right? I don't know. I mean, But point being, uh, said the first thing they did was uh, start figuring out a way to, to put in a new plan for recruiting, which means that even Clemson on an organizational level is probably using a little bit of the Alabama like there's a bit of the Alabama blueprint from the facilities to the way they recruit to the way they are now building out the the full support staff with offensive and defensive analysts like it's just they they are the blueprint and that is uh, I think that that impact is something that elevates him to the levels that you just said for sure.
0: I mean I think recruiting I mean he is a he's you know he's a great coach no matter what um, he's clearly. Kind of checks all the boxes. He can scheme, he can develop. He's he's phenomenal at, at instilling discipline. But I really think the thing that drives this beyond everything else is the way he can recruit, the way he can evaluate, the way he can recruit. I mean, it's the you know give him um, another roster, and then I mean, it's not it's not it's still the Jimmy's and Joe's. Right. <laughs> I mean. Uh, And and he's done, he's had seven of it. He's about to have eight of nine number one classes, which is unfathomable.
1: Stupid. And that's why, and eight of nine number one classes is why Barton is picking Alabama to win.
0: Right. Because because there's
1: going to be a moment where we're sitting there and you're just going to like, me and everybody else who took Clemson is going to shake their head as Jerry Judy's running free for a 60-yard touchdown. You can beg. Oh, they just have freaks.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm. Um, in anything else about the game before we get out of here that's uh that you're you're itching for?
0: No, man. No, I don't think so. Unless you what, what do you anything gonna, else you got out there?
1: Uh, um I'm I'm gonna be sad to see some of these uh these Clemson players leave, but also with a, a little bit of excitement about Xavier Thomas, you know, and just a lot of the young guys that are already here, not to mention, you know, the the recruiting classes that continue to pump new talent in. I think that defensively that that group's probably going to take a step back. So I'll just enjoy watching them play. Cleland Farrell, Austin Bryant. I mean, there's, there's a lot of dudes that have played a lot of ACC snaps that I feel like I've watched. So, um, you know, last game for them. I think that I definitely am – I'm definitely in a position where if the if the game ends up playing out where Alabama just runs away with it, then we have to readjust our take on this team and everything else and just be like, well, the, we just watched the greatest team in college football history. Like the like challenge people always hold up that my one of those Miami early 2000s teams as the greatest college football team of all time. And I think that if, if Alabama goes in and dunks on Clemson, I think we have to reanalyze and refocus and realize what we just watched, that we just watched history.
0: If, there is a, if there's dunkage in this game, then, I, yeah, I think we need to take a step back. And be like, whoa. And, and, and yeah, register this as a moment in time that, like, that that's, this is pretty special. I don't think there's going to be dunkage in this game. Correct. My pick... My pick is Bama to win, Clemson to cover. Six point line. I don't know whether it's moved. Oh, it's moved, it's, baby. There's I mean what is it?
1: It's down to five or five and a half.
0: All right. Well, good. So well, I don't know. Maybe that's not good for us. No, no,
1: no, no, no. I, I it's bad for me because it means they're the trendy dog. And I've been all over sports line and they had me in one of those uh, boxes where I could hear I mean, I was on, but I could only hear Todd Furman and Kelly Stewart were both talking too. And they're all over Clemson plus the points, and I'm all over Clemson plus the points. I was, I, you never want to be on the trendy dog.
0: Yeah, so, but you, but it's a, if you get sort of the nod from all the Vegas heads, and, and, you know, it, then, then at least you're not just with all the, you don't want to be, you definitely don't want to be on the trendy Joe dog. But if there's a couple of sharps out there that are on the trendy dog too, then, you know, that makes you feel a little better.
1: Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I think it's, it's going to end up settling around five and a half or six, and maybe there's a bunch of late Alabama money to make it move again. But you are basically my, my predicting –
0: my, my pick is Bama 35, Clemson 31. Correct. Like, that's what I think
1: it's right. Right. That is – Right, which is the so- score of the last Clemson win. But, yeah, I, I think that my lock that I've been given out on CBS Sports HQ is the over. If you can get it at, what's, like – What's the total? 59 and a half.
0: Yeah, it feels like this is going to be – I mean, I just – I agree. I I, I would, I would play over before I play under.
1: You don't – you do not want to be holding an under ticket in a game where regardless of what the – like, like Alabama cannot afford to get too conservative, and Clemson at every moment in this game will need to score a touchdown every time they have the ball in the second half of this game, you do not want to be holding an under ticket as Tua and Trevor are out there trying to score touchdowns in a frantic pace in the final minutes of the college football season.
0: A perfect throw beats perfect defense every time. And th- there's going to be some perfect there's throws. going to be some game. perfect throws. It, yeah, I mean it may just be where these you know there's going to be some moments where this offense is just too good um and uh I agree. I agree. I'm, I'm not going to bet. Yeah, as good as these teams, it was, it was wild to say. Like, it was wild. If you just lined up the defenses, and you're like, oh, my God. Raquan Davis and Quentin Williams and uh, Christian Wilkins and Cleveland Farrell. And you tell me those guys aren't going to stop whoever's put in front of them. And uh, you just got to turn on turn on one game tape and remind yourself how good those offenses are, and you get it.
1: Um, he is Barton Simmons you can follow him on Twitter at Barton Simmons you can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson uh, we will be trying to get back with you uh, either I don't know we'll, we're still working on our post championship game plans but uh, but we'll at, at the latest we will be back with you Wednesday morning first thing uh, possibly sooner so make sure that you subscribe as always Barton thank you very much Deserve